According to one source, 75% of men ejaculate within two minutes of penetration. At the request of one of our patrons, we went into the research literature to see if this time period could be extended. Not surprisingly, 88% of men have some concern over ejaculating too quickly, and almost all men, 99% in one study, use some kind of strategy to delay ejaculation. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, extra passionate marriage this week, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a pretty interesting episode for you this week. This is episode number 205, and today we're going to be talking about ejaculatory control. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how to break out of the same old arguments. If you're stuck in a cycle, that's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. Yes, I'm hoping to recover from my cold soon. Yes. So please bear with me if I'm a little nasally this week. Yeah. All right, let's get into this. Okay. Shall we? Yep. So a quick primer on ejaculatory control. In case you're wondering, ejaculatory control is the ability to control when you orgasm for men. There's also the term ejaculatory latency, which is the time between penetration and ejaculation. But perhaps the best known term is premature ejaculation. It's not always a clearly defined term, but it indicates that the ejaculation is either happening too soon or sooner than you want it to, or in a way that affects the quality of sex for you and your wife. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, 88% of men report some concern over ejaculating too quickly. So we want to talk about some strategies to use in this regard. Okay, what strategies can we use? All right. Actually, we have a nice little list here, but let me say a couple things before we jump in. Okay. First of all, it can be a bit of a complex issue. So maybe think of today's episode as a primer and know that sex therapy is really is a specialty in the counseling field. Uh, remember, we're really working on ejaculatory control today and not so much on the premature ejaculation itself. So there are books and there are resources and therapists who can really dig into that issue with you. We're more aiming at husbands who are doing okay during sex, but feel that they could improve the sexual satisfaction in their marriage if they had more ejaculatory control, which is usually about extending ejaculatory latency, the time between penetration and ejaculation. And then I would just also, if you're listening today, stay with me to the end because you're gonna, we're going to go a couple layers deeper on everything right at the end. And we want to be sure to have a chance to uh, have you hear that as well. And thirdly, while some of these strategies can seem pretty simple, again, just a reminder, it can be a complex issue. So try them. If, it's, if, if you don't see any changes or improvement and you really need to, then mm-hmm. just go to the next level, which is, okay, let's get a book on this or let's go talk to a sex therapist or something like that. Okay. Okay. So some strategies. First of all, more sex. A researcher team in 1984 found that there is a link between long periods of abstinence from sex and a lower ejaculatory latency. Longer periods without sex uh, caused men to ejaculate at lower levels of arousal. So more regular sex can help with the ability to control or delay ejaculation. 
Now, again, like I said, it gets complex here even right in this because if you haven't been having great sex due to this issue, your wife probably like, doesn't want more of that same quality of sex. Uh, uh-huh, right? uh-huh. So while we titled this A Husband's Guide to Ejaculatory Control, this is where it becomes apparent that a problem like this is best faced as a couple just to talk through what's going on to find a way forward. And, okay. you know, that can be hard to do sometimes if you guys haven't found the language for this before or it just mm-hmm. feels awkward or mm-hmm. whatever. Or but, like it's always awkward to come out and admit I have a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where I really challenge you to think about facing this together, not as a problem that one of you has or the other person has. Like, so be easy enough for a man to blame it on his wife and say, well, you don't want to have sex enough and her to blame it on him because, well, you always go too fast. Yeah. Right. So this is not like one person's the problem or the other, but you both are facing the problem. Precisely. Okay. Secondly, there is medication. Another strategy is that there is medication for ejaculatory control. Uh, Various medications exist to enhance ejaculatory control, such as the pill. I don't know if I'll say this right, but I think it's Vardenafil and the spray PSD-502, which does not sound sexy at all. But both of them have research demonstrating that they can increase ejaculatory latency and overall sexual satisfaction. We noted that in a couple of studies that were done in 2009. Now, use of these medications can also increase confidence and reduce anxiety about performance, which is often just as an important part of this kind of whole recipe of doing better here. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they do sometimes come with some minor side effects, such as headaches or indigestion. Okay. Never heard of those before. That's interesting. Yeah. Makes me kind of wonder every time I meet a guy with a headache now. Caleb, you can't say stuff like that. I just did though. Okay. You shouldn't. Now, like all guys who listen to my podcast will never complain about headaches. Yes. I've just made the world a less whiny place. So we're helping. How about a man cold? Talk about man colds anywhere? That's a very real phenomenon. (laughs) Okay. The next one is a little bit more on the humorous end of the spectrum or maybe disturbing. It's hard to tell which sometimes, but it's the idea of using distracting thoughts during sex to Mm -hmm. help with this. Mm -hmm. So a researcher in 1997 studied ways that men try to delay ejaculation during sex. 74% of the men in the study utilized distracting thoughts to delay ejaculation. 65% of these were sex neutral thoughts about things unrelated to sex, such as work. One participant reported singing the national anthem in his head as a strategy. I don't know. I think that'd go better with the American national anthem, like in the rocket's red glare. Than... And the bombs blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We were trying to be so mature about this episode. <laughs> Just lost it. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, okay. <laughs> 39% of participants used sex negative thoughts, such as having sex with an unpleasant partner or even thinking of one's mother. That's in quotes from one of the researchers, in order to reduce arousal, glad to hear that, and delay ejaculation. Now, yeah. Okay, let's comment on that later. Despite the fact that such a high percentage of men use the distracting thought strategy, research shows that it it is not at all helpful. Grenier et al. in a study in 97 found no link between ejaculatory latency and use of distracting thoughts. Hmm. And okay, here's, here's where the comment I wanted to come to. Moreover, these thoughts may actually make sex worse since men who are distracted by these thoughts will probably enjoy sex less themselves mm-hmm. and will be less able to focus on and meet their spouse's needs. Because they're not actually like engaged in the process. Exactly. It's just like yeah. a finish line to get over. You're disconnected during yeah. your most profound connection as a couple or what mm-hmm. could be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get it. 
because they're they're trying to do better. Yeah, right? this is yeah. what we do as guys is we're trying to do this, but it's not it's not really helping, and it's also leading to disconnection. So we definitely want to give you some better ways to try to handle this. Huh. Okay, but also normalize the fact that you know three quarters of men are doing this. Right. So don't feel like you're the only guy in. And, uh, and we're picking on you. Now we get into this more in our bonus guide for today's episode. It speaks to wives, not to put pressure on you now, but just so that you know how you can help your husband. It also describes how to take this beyond mere technique. And it really kind of notes the emotional connection between you that can be developed during sex as a way to help with this issue. So you can get this bonus guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about distracting thoughts. Now, and how they don't really work. They don't work that well. Yeah. Now, there are also some actions that people take to delay ejaculation. You may be wondering about technique. A lot of men apparently as well will use some form of physical strategy to delay ejaculation. And these strategies vary greatly, including sex techniques such as trying different positions or withdrawing or pausing for a few moments or changing the speed and intensity of their thrusting. Some men reported doing exercises to relax their pelvic muscles before sex. 53% of the samples reported that, or drinking alcohol before sex. That was 62% of the sample. Not, And this is like for the purpose of helping with ejaculatory control. 10% of the sample had tried having a cold shower right before sex, and 4% had tried applying ice directly to their penis. Oh my. Now, uh, the same research study found that there was very little correlation between which strategies men thought were helpful and which ones actually helped. Okay. The physical strategies which actually helped the most were, number one, withdrawing for a few moments during intercourse and then carrying on. Number two, drinking small amounts of alcohol prior to sex. Number three, experimenting with different positions. Number four, using a condom. Number five, thrusting in a circular motion. Hmm. Interesting. But even within these strategies, there was high variance among which strategies helped, suggesting that it may be very much determined by personal circumstances. So it's finding something that works for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. The overall effect sizes, as they call it, for these physical factors was also much smaller than for me- the mental factors, suggesting that dealing with performance or pressure anxiety is the most important part. In other words, um, the degrees to which the physical strategies helped are not as high as the degrees to which the mental strategies help. Oh, okay. That's so that it's probably more of a brain game. Yeah. Uh, even than what you actually do with your penis game. You know what I mean? Okay. Your brain is your biggest sex organ, they say. Yeah. Now, so let's talk about anxiety and preoccupation during sex, because this is the brain side now. 
Right. So researchers in 2005 studied the thoughts that men who are concerned about ejaculatory control had during sex. Men who struggled with this were often very preoccupied with anxiety about trying to delay the orgasm or performance anxieties about ejaculating too soon. Okay. So that would be very distracted, very disengaged. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the amazing part here. They noted that conversely, men who reported good ejaculatory control mostly had thoughts relating to their own arousal and to meeting their wife's need during sex. So the more a man is focused on delaying the orgasm and worrying about his performance, the harder it will be to control. While on the other hand, focusing on your spouse makes things more enjoyable for both of you. So we're actually trying to, like as men, we default to control this, to trying to control this thing by leaning out. Mm -hmm. But this is actually saying leaning in, like emotionally, mentally, relationally is more effective. Okay, but is this the chicken and the egg thing? Like... Uh, like, does one cause the other? Yeah. Okay, well, let me pull this all together and, and see if that answers your question. Okay. I do think strategy has a place in this, but it's not the bottom line answer for solving the problem. Because for some people, the strategies did help a little bit. Some of the physical strategies, right? Right. Or the distracting thoughts. Or... Yeah. Okay. So, for example, if you're only having sex once a month and you're middle-aged or younger and you're in good health, it's probably going to go fast when you do have sex. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. But sometimes it can be helpful to take a step back from the problem like this and ask yourself, you know, is this really the problem, the, the, the speed at which one is ejaculating or is it a symptom of the problem? So if you've been spending a lot of your energy focusing on technique rather than focusing on really connecting at a deep emotional, spiritual and physical level, then you're probably not really engaged during sex. Mm-hmm. which may be the problem behind the problem because then all you really have between you is a way for a husband to ejaculate. It's kind of focused on that. What if you kind of slow this whole thing down? You turn, actually literally turn the lights on, but low, you open your eyes, you extend foreplay, not just as technique, but for the purpose of taking time to explore, caress, to find out what you both like and don't like, to connect, to show affection and so on. So you're now leaning into the experience and we're slowing okay. the whole thing down. Then when you do copulate as a couple, instead of focusing on not ejaculating, what if you focus on what brings your wife pleasure and you explore that? So that's almost a distraction, but it's a distraction into the experience. Yeah, I would I would call it giving attention. Attention, yeah. To something else. Okay, rather than making putting your attention elsewhere to try and rather than being like don't blow, don't blow, don't blow, right? Yeah. You're actually kind of moving towards your wife. Okay. And and you're focusing on what makes this particular sexual encounter with her more meaningful, more deeply connected. And so again, I'm back to leaning in instead of leaning out mentally, looking past your own experience for the moment and focusing on hers. Okay, that sounds nice. Um yeah, yeah, well, for the wife. But you know what that sounds so like self-sacrificial or oh, but then it's all about her. But in doing so, then it is about both of you and then yeah. it's about you too. Yeah. Is that Right? I mean, doesn't marriage work better this way? Yeah. Big picture marriage. Yeah. Right? So shouldn't we expect that to be the same in sex? Ooh. Yeah. 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 Okay. And yeah. So I think this is where the Bible maybe gives us a really good clue too, because, you know, when I used to read the scriptures and it referred to people having sex, it would use the word knowledge. And it was, he knew his way. Actually, it still, say, it still says it when I read it, but I used to think <laughs> that that was it just being discreet. Yeah. And it was actually really handy when you're raising kids because they don't really know what you're talking about when they're toddlers and so mm-hmm, on. So you can, mm-hmm. that's great. But I actually wonder if that word knowledge is the foundation for like good sex therapy because the Bible's not actually trying to be obscure primarily, but it's offering us a huge clue that what really matters in sex is not all the technique and strategy, but rather really allowing yourself to be known 
and to really know your wife as in intimacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you're thinking about this problem, I think this is, you know, this really is like a counterintuitive answer, but I would encourage you to set this as the primary goal, knowing each other better, leaning into sex, even through exploring this problem and knowing each other physically, what works, what doesn't work for you, knowing each other emotionally. How is that bond between you as you come to the, to when you're having sex, knowing each other spiritually, fostering that sense of one body, one flesh as you make love. And moving towards that and see how that helps your ejaculatory control versus all the other things that you might try. Hmm. And that's like a distraction from the ejaculatory control. Yeah. But distraction in the right direction. Yeah. Huh. Which okay. I, yeah. That's good. So try that out and um, you almost said let us know how it goes, but you don't need to. But no, but like reach we, out if you I need mean, more we, help. You reach out if you need be... more help or I just don't want to sound like we're weirdos soliciting advice no, from I, people's yeah. beds, but... We'd happy to help you if we if we can. So if you need more information or help, or um, even if it's just helpful, you can say it was helpful. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to Sherry and Linda who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We sure appreciate all of you guys who help us have this impact on other marriages. It's yeah. a real privilege. Yeah. Next week, uh, we're talking about rules for fair fighting. Mm. Our top ten rules. Top 10. Yeah. We didn't just pull them out of a hat. Like we, we found these studies that had tons and tons and tons of rules, hundreds, and then they boiled them down to some. And then we looked at the ones that were the most common out of all of those. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty sweet list. Oh. Effective should be, should be pretty helpful. Cool. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 205. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.